Philippians chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. So Paul's preparing to sign off his letter to the church at Philippi, to all those believers there, and he expresses his love for those who have blessed him by living their lives according to what he had taught them. And that had to feel so good for him to see the fruit of his work being lived out in these believers' lives. Verse 2, I entreat Eudia and I entreat Suntike to agree in the Lord. So apparently there was some kind of contention between these two women who labored with Paul, and he wanted them to reconcile because he saw the work in both of them and really appreciated them. And I've seen believers who I love dearly just go toe-to-toe, and it's really sad when you see people of God battling one another because of whatever issue. And so here Paul is like, hey, let's just make some peace here, okay? There's a greater cause at work here, and that is to be a witness for Christ. Put away these things that are contentious between you. Verse 3, yes, I ask you also, true companion, help these women who have labored side by side with me in the gospel, together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Now, Clement is going to be a name that those who study church history are going to be familiar with. There was a couple of Clements, and one of them was a notable believer. We don't know if this is the same Clement. could have been, but whoever this Clement is, he's getting recognition in this letter by Paul. And their names are written in the book of life. And there is in heaven what we would understand a book to be, something that is documented with information. And every child of God's name is written in it. And to have your name written in this book, you simply need to be a child of God through faith, born again by the Spirit of God. If you're legitimately a child of God, if you know Jesus, if you're in, you've crossed that line from darkness to light, then your name is written in that book. And that's encouraging. Verse 4, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. And the word rejoice is used in every chapter in this book. And Paul really has nothing negative to say in this letter to the believers, unlike his other letters to churches. Paul's tone in this letter expresses love for this church. They were doing things right. It doesn't mean that they were doing things perfect, but they were loving God. They were loving one another. They were taking the gospel seriously. And it looks like he was very pleased with their hearts towards God, knowing that if our hearts are right, there is every reason to rejoice. Our God is sheltering us and preparing us for eternity. This is one of many reasons believers who are pushing towards the prize should rejoice. And we should make rejoicing part of our lives consistently because we have a lot to be thankful for. Verse 5, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. So be a good witness like you're already doing. Keep it up. Let everyone see your godliness in your actions as well as your words. Be reasonable. That's one of the things that I try to evaluate myself on. Am I being reasonable when I'm coming down on someone or when I'm not acting in a way that maybe I should be acting? Is it reasonable? Is it reasonable to fly off the handle at this point or is it unreasonable? And balancing that can sometimes be a really difficult thing. But Paul here is just saying, hey, look, guys, just be reasonable. Keep doing what you're doing. Verse 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. And here's another bathroom mirror verse. Take your dry erase marker and write Philippians 4, 6 and memorize this verse because it's very helpful. Because let's face it, how many of us find ourselves consumed with anxiety at times? I know I do. And this is the verse that I go back to. Talk to Jesus. Remembering the model in the Lord's Prayer, giving God glory first, seeking His kingdom, and asking the Lord to give us what we need, not everything we want, but what we need. Give us this day our daily bread. And then also forgiveness. Where am I wrong? Lord, forgive me for what I've done as I forgive those who have trespassed against me. 
Lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. So when we're overwhelmed with anxiety, here we go. Okay, let's go back to prayer, which is aligning my will with God's will, and supplication, which is asking the Lord to meet a need, being thankful, and then let it go. And in this verse, the main thing that we should focus on is giving thanks, giving thanks that we are part of the family of God. That is something to be very thankful for. To know that your name is written in the book of life is something to be very thankful for. So if we keep thankfulness in the forefront of our mind, and we keep pursuing the Lord, aligning our will with his will, seeking out what the will of the Lord is, and then we make our plea to him for whatever we're asking. It is amazing what happens to that anxiety. And the result is in verse 7, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So continuing in this memorization verse, we find God's peace, which really doesn't make sense at times when it fills us and protects our hearts and minds. There's times when it's just like you shouldn't have peace, but it's like, it's no big deal. God's got this. And as our hearts and minds are guarded, remember that is what Jesus searches. So if you want peace, Philippians 4, 6, and 7 continually. Verse 8, finally, brothers, Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Yep, another one for the bathroom mirror. If you don't have a big bathroom mirror, you may want to buy one, especially when reading Philippians. So we are filling our minds with those things that please God. And notice what is not here. Finally, brothers, whatever is controversial, whatever is political, whatever is perverted, etc., it's the opposite. It's the good things. It's the lovely things. It's the commendable things, all of those things. That's what we should be filling our minds with. We should be meditating on. So where do you stand? Is your mind continually filled with heavenly things or earthly things, things of the spirit or things of the flesh, things that are good or things that are evil? We have to take control of our minds. And we are commanded here. This is a command. Paul is saying, this is what you need to do. And he is the witness to the Philippians. He is the one that they saw. And he's like, look, this is the secret, people. This is how you get ahead in your relationship with Christ. You get real with him and you fill your mind full of good things and you push away those evil things. Verse nine, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. So again, Paul encourages them to imitate him with a promise this time, and the God of peace will be with you. I want the God of peace to be with me. So even though I didn't witness Paul in Philippi, obviously, like these believers did, I can still read about it and glean from Paul's story the things that are really cool. And I have a verse-by-verse series on the book of Acts on the website, and listen to Acts chapter 16, which goes over this story. And in this story, if we can see what Paul did and practice the same things, then we can expect the God of peace to be with us. So the book of Philippians, it marries in with Acts chapter 16 and that initial experience Paul had with these believers. And the more you study Acts 16 and put it together with Philippians, then this letter makes a lot more sense because some really cool things happened there. Verse 10, I have rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but had no opportunity. And there's that word rejoice again. Actually rejoiced, but there it is. Paul now is rejoicing. Even though Paul spent only a short time in Philippi, he made a huge impact on a few people. And God grew that fellowship into a church that Paul held in great honor as a man of God. That's saying something. And hearing about the trouble that he seemed to get into always, and Paul always got into trouble, they were really concerned for him. 
And Paul gave them reason to rejoice. You know, yeah, Paul's in prison again. Oh, no, we need to pray. We need to do some stuff. They send a bunch of stuff to him. How can we help? And then God moves them on. They're like, praise the Lord. All the while, they're sharing in Paul's sufferings, and that's cool. Now, you go south from Philippi and land in Corinth, where Paul spent a long time teaching them about God. And what you find is instead of a letter praising their faithfulness, Paul was pulling out his hair over their stupidity. And he loved the Corinthians as much as the Philippians, there's no doubt. But the Corinthians were like trying to break a wild Mustang compared to the Philippians, who were like a very elegant thoroughbred, prancing around perfectly in the middle of an arena. Nothing to criticize there. But the neighbors to the south? Dang. Verse 11, not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. Now, verse 11 starts a new thought that, again, is very helpful for us to memorize and obey, just understanding this verse. It is solid biblical wisdom for anybody in any situation. And Paul found himself lacking many basic necessities in life as a believer. But in all of his lacking, he found contentment in Christ as the Holy Spirit reminded him of his future and as he saw the power of God moving continually in those dark days. And this inspired Paul and allowed him to find contentment in difficulties. And oh, that we would find the same contentment in Christ. That's where you grow. So the next time you're going through a very difficult time in your life, reflect back on this. I want to be content. Cry out to God. And in those dark moments, that's when God does his work. And then you find out that, you know what? The darkness is not that bad because God is with me. I'm content. Verse 12. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. So Paul had a roller coaster ministry where he saw times of plenty and times of need where he had nothing, and not to mention being in jail like he is when he's writing this letter. Verse 13, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Yep, another bathroom mirror verse. Paul found his source of strength in the same place we find ours, in Jesus. And I believe if it were not for those difficult times, Paul may have not experienced the degree of strength he received through them. Because it seems like when everything is good, God gets shelved in the lives of many believers. And I confess that when things are going really good, that's when the cruise control comes on. And now God has to shake things up and say, hello, remember why you're here? Yeah, okay, okay, Lord, yep. Got to get back to that focus. Times of plenty, we rejoice, we share what we have, we bless people we bless God. Times of need, we cry out and we receive from the Lord things that we don't even know are coming. Verse 14, yet it was kind of you to share in my trouble. Verse 15, and you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. Now, when you read Acts, when Paul was called over into Macedonia, or modern-day Greece, by a vision, that's where Thessalonica is, that's where Corinth is. He went to Athens, he went to Berea, he went all over the place. And those are just the ones that we have documented. There were several opportunities for Paul to minister, yet only one of them shared in helping Paul in the ministry. So apparently the small band of believers in this Roman colony, a very proud Roman colony where there were not really a lot of Jews present, not even a synagogue, and that may have something to do with their willingness to embrace Paul since there was nobody screaming at Paul like many of the fanatical Jews in the other cities were doing when the other Jews who were reasonable were believing in him. He got no pushback from the Jews. He just got drugged into court, beat, imprisoned, and then released while being asked to go peacefully. But they blessed him with giving and receiving. What do you need, Paul? How can we help you? 
And that's something that we can do. You give out of your resources to those that God points you in their direction, and you see the fruit of your giving. There's a lot of negativity with the, the stigma of giving in churches. Although if you go to a church, you should support that church if you're growing in the Lord. What I'm talking about is using your resources to expand the ministry. And the ministry may be the single mom down the road who needs groceries. That may be the ministry that God puts in your path. And they did. They helped Paul out with whatever they could, and his ministry continued. And they shared in that. And they're rewarded in eternity for that. Verse 16, even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once and again. So Thessalonica was a city that Paul visited right after he left Philippi. When the magistrates asked him to leave after they realized they really screwed up in beating and imprisoning a Roman citizen, actually Roman citizens, it appears that Silas may also have been a Roman citizen. So they landed in Thessalonica and things didn't go well for Paul there, but there were some people who believed and he ended up writing two letters to them, First and Second Thessalonians. So Acts 16 talks about Paul in Philippi, and Acts 17, that's where he goes into Thessalonica. So apparently the Philippians, they got wind of Paul needing some stuff, and they helped him out, which is, again, pretty cool. Verse 17, not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. So Paul's not asking for anything, but he's acknowledging their faith and their faithfulness in the ministry, knowing that, you know what, you're going to grow in the Lord, I can tell. You are doing the Lord's work. That's what I want to see. I want to see you increase in your faith. I want to see God increase you in your ministry, in your blessing other brothers and sisters, etc. And there's times when we need to help out our brothers and sisters in our churches or someone that we know. That's important. And there's times when we need help. And if they're serving the Lord and something happens where they find themselves in a pinch and we can help them, we need to do so. Not because we want to look good. That's the kind of generosity that Jesus has. That's the way he treats us. So we need to treat others in that way, especially our brothers and sisters in the faith. And that's what James meant when he said, be doers of the word and not hearers only. Get out and do what God says. Don't just listen to it. Verse 18, I have full payment and more. I'm well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus the gift you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. So Paul's like, look, I'm good. I received your gift. Everything's good. Epaphroditus brought it to me. Thank you. And I consider this an honorable sacrifice before God. Verse 19, and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Bathroom mirror, another verse. There's some praise and worship songs that have this verse in it. But again, this is another verse in the book of Philippians, which is packed with all these verses for life. That's very cool. God is able to supply everything we need when we have need of it. And I'd learned this is more than a cute Bible verse to share with someone who's needy. It's actually true. God has supplied all my needs since I began my journey with him. He's never failed me. Even though I've failed him many times, he remains faithful. And it just blows me away when something's coming down the road. I'm like, okay, Lord, this is foreseeable, and I'm not sure how to deal with it, but I'm going to trust you, and God takes care of it. It's amazing. Verse 20, to our God and Father be the glory forever and ever. Amen. So wrapping up his instruction and encouragement, he ends with giving all the glory of everything he experienced with the Philippians to the one who truly deserves the glory. What happened in Philippi on the surface when you look at Acts 16 looks like it was a bad deal, but what God did with it was absolutely amazing. In Paul's suffering and the way he was mistreated, the way he was punished, imprisoned, all of those things, and the way that he left. He didn't tuck tail and leave. He left boldly, knowing that suffering for Christ was an honor. And that made such a huge impact on these people that they never were the same again. Verse 21, greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me greet you. Verse 22, all the saints greet you, especially those of Caesar's household. 
So saints in the New Testament are simply believers who are filled with the Holy Spirit. If you have the Holy Spirit in you, you have God's holiness in you. That makes you a saint. It doesn't mean you're perfect. It just means that the holiness of God is dwelling in you through the Holy Spirit. Now obey the Holy Spirit and stop grieving him. And Paul makes note here, especially of Caesar's household. Now that's interesting. Paul's influence had even inspired the household of the man who would kill Paul. Caesar was not a believer. He was evil. Caesar Nero. The guy was crazy. Yet God is infiltrating his home. Kind of cool. Verse 23, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. God's grace, getting all the good things we don't deserve. God is so good. Thank you.